Hey, everyone, and welcome to the Weekly Catch-Up Podcast. It's Wednesday, June 24, 2020 AD. I am your co-host, Carson Gibbons. And as always, I'm joined by my good friend, Mr. B-Rad Colvin. That'd be me. What's happening? Another week of life, buddy. Another week, man. You we made it. COVID? <laughs> COVID? Riots? Yeah, yeah. Cancellations? Check. You're here. I'm here, baby. Let's do it. Let's get it! It's the weekly catch up with Carson and Brad. Here to talk about the week we done had. It could be sports, religion, politics. We keeping the tabs. You would think they work for Gucci, how they deep in their bag. Get your facts up. On Wednesday, we'll be counting the stats up. So turn the volume up till it's maxed up. You know the drill. So tell a friend to tell a friend to relax up and chill. We back up. This is the weekly catch up. How you doing this fine Wednesday, friend? Oh, I'm a little sore, a little tired. You still oh. GTLing? Yeah, man. I got under the 240s, baby. Oh, wow. Oh, I'm moving. Wow. So what Give are you at two now? weeks. You at 239? <laughs> no, I'm at 237, baby. Oh, wow. Yep. Dude, you... What's your target weight? Uh, around 220. Yeah, I was about to say, you, you just, you're going to be like that. Like, yeah. You could never be 200 and look right. Yeah. <laughs> i don't know yeah I'm, I'm definitely not trying to get on under 200 i'm just gonna be packing on muscle trying to get a little lean you know you're already looking at thanks man congrats any uh any nice um esl students hit on you this week <laughs> no 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 25 or 26 year olds have uh, been hitting on me um <laughs> just been hitting the gym with gerald and uh working out man yeah Yep, today was leg day. Uh, on Wednesdays, we work out separately because I come to see you. Well, on Wednesdays, I wear pink, but that's just <laughs> me. So <laughs> congrats to you, buddy. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. So uh, just a little sore, but uh, cruising along with my classes, which we can talk about here in a bit, and um, trying to enjoy my summer. Yeah? Yeah. You enjoying summer reopening a little bit? A little bit. You know, I, I see the levels you know spiking up and everything oh yeah um, oh yeah we're screwed <laughs> completely yeah so uh quite the spike mm -hmm. seriously no it is i'm watching life get like we're this close to the pga tour recanceling again yeah would you grab that door that's gonna bug me the entire time close that door all the way you to man yeah no today i don't know if you saw the news but um so Nick Watney dropped out of the tournament last week because he got COVID. Okay. And so they continued on. But then this week, I'm trying to think, like, I know Brooks Kepka's caddy tested positive for COVID. Mm. So he dropped out, which is kind of ironic because his little brother is actually going to make, like, I guess one of his debuts on the, the PGA Tour during this tournament, Travelers Championship this week, because he did the Monday qualifier and got in. So oh, he, he's not his brother, Brooks, yeah. but Brooks is like the fourth ranked golfer in the world. Former number one, probably will be number one again at some point. But uh, I know that they tested positive. Um, several other prominent players and or caddies tested positive, And it's just like, oh, uh, yeah, you know, we, we here in Texas, we're in like phase two, three or four of COVID reopening. Like last time I heard restaurants could fit back up to 75 percent of people. Oh, yeah. And. I was out in Bishop Arts District uh, Saturday evening and like 
man, places are packed between the casino the weekend prior and every single bar, patio, restaurant, sidewalk, ice cream, walk-up shop. Like that place was popping. Yeah. And it's funny because everybody is adhering to the mask thing and like they're out in masks, they go to their table and then they remove their masks, but everybody is out. That's so you got to wonder how effective some of this is, but yeah, we, um, Texas is like setting the trend right now. Us in Florida. Yeah. Yeah. Um, speaking of like wearing masks. So Floyd's barbershop finally opened up and that's where I get my hair cut. So, uh, went over there. I had to wear a mask, uh, during the cut and then, you know, they pull down on the mask to shape up the beard and everything, but just thought that was interesting. And same thing happened uh, to me. Yeah. I so. was kind of like, are you going to ask me to take this thing off? Cause I, I felt like to get a good cut, I'm going to need my right. mask off. Yeah. But so you just delicately moved the straps each time. Didn't even move the mask at all the oh, entire wow. time. Yeah. Uh, she had to lift off my ear cause just, you know, cause I have my beard going. So, but wasn't able to really, uh, get the front side. So I was a little disappointed on that. Um, my guy didn't is. look under my mask to check me for a beard, but I guess he just was under the impression <laughs> that I didn't have one. Yeah, maybe he could just tell. <laughs> <laughs> could add a nice, like, thin pencil mustache going or something, but. <laughs> okay. You butt. Um, corrections from last week. So oh. we wrapped the show last we, week. We didn't and I was get like, everything 100% right? I was like, man, um, Brad and I are sitting on the couch in the studio, if you will, <laughs> after the show last week. And I go, you talked to your dad today? And he goes, oh, yeah. he did mention this. I was like, I didn't get a message from him with a, your mama joke this week. So I was like, will you check on him for me? Like, <laughs> I, I was like, maybe yeah. something went wrong. Does he have COVID? Is he depressed? What's going on? And then I went back and checked and nope, I got one 3.38 p.m. that day. Yeah. I just overlooked it. So it's very in keeping with the season. It's summer. You want to go to the water park. You want to go to the theme park, but you can't. So... It doesn't matter because your mom is so fat she had to go to SeaWorld to get baptized. Ooh. Ah. Yeah. Lord. And then she killed someone by eating them. <laughs> <laughs> oh, good one, Dad. Uh, is SeaWorld even going to be a thing in the future? Like, um, well, I, feel I like mean, they're going to cancel that. Well, they have like all the documentaries going against them to begin with as far as like animal cruelty. They have and, a lot of stuff going against yeah, them. Yeah. Was it like Blackfin or Blackfit? There was some. Yeah, I don't know. I know there's like been at least two documentaries that like are specifically targeting SeaWorld. Um, Rogan's had somebody on the podcast that did. He he was actually a head trainer for the Canadian version of SeaWorld. And I guess that he has. Did since, they treat the animals nicer? Well. <laughs> Canadians, you know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Don't don't use anything to divide us right now, Brad. Got it. <laughs> this is going to be a sensitive <laughs> podcast that we're well, going to have so much fun doing. That's right. But we're going to, you know, try to sprinkle in some humor while we can. Yeah, we are. So, no, they're not any nicer, eh? Okay. Um, the whole point was that he was actually, he was like separated from his cub whale or whatever it was. And I don't know all the specifics, but he's been on Rogan several times exposing all of the things that occurred in his political, like his political and legal fight against this particular um, like aquatic theme park. Yeah. And I know that, well, they had the SeaWorld incident where somebody got ate basically in front of everybody by a whale, or maybe they were mashed. Like the whale did a belly flop on them or maybe trainer was dead somehow. Okay. Yeah. 
Um, <laughs> <laughs> I don't mean the Tiger grin. King goes goes hard, but she just lost her arm. Yeah. People die in these SeaWorld yeah. pits. And so anyway, I think that they're just going to be canceled because actually keeping it within the animal kingdom, this was the funniest thing. Um, with with the PGA Tour, I'm always going to bring it back to the PGA Tour. I'm sorry. <laughs> yep. We've become a golf podcast. No, not by any means, but this will be funny. So last week during the tournament, it was RBC Heritage, which is on Hilton Head Island, South Carolina. One of the best parts about golf and being a fan of the sport is that you learn so much about the communities that because it's in a new you know, resort town every week, basically. So you're okay. learning about local commerce. You get to see a slice of life. And so... This Hilton Head place, I, I actually ended up mapping this. It is a true legitimate island right off the coast of South Carolina, hmm. and it's part of South Carolina. And they have the RBC Heritage there every weekend or every year, and they have crabs that are sometimes on the golf course. Oh, and so Bubba Watson, I don't know if you know of this guy. But Nas- no. no, that's Bubba Wallace. Oh, okay, We will okay. get to him. Got it. But Bubba Watson is kind of... He's kind of the redneck golfer, if you will. Like he's never had a professional lesson in his life. He has a very unorthodox style. He's irreverent. And he was mic'd up for this fan-free round. So that's one of the beauty. That's one of the beautiful parts about the way that they're broadcasting golf right now without any fans is that certain players will be mic'd and every other player has a boom mic right next to him. Yeah. So his ball is he's hitting his approach shot to the green. His ball goes into the sand trap. He goes up to the sand trap, realizes that a crab is wedged in between the sand and his ball. So he calls for a rules official, but mm-hmm. the microphone is picking everything up. And so oh, no. Bubba Watson ends up saying to the rules, the rules official is kind of like, yeah, there's a crab on the ball. What's the problem, son? Hit the ball. And Bubba Watson said, hey, man, in these times, like, I don't think I should do that. Like, I don't know how to get this thing off, but if I hit this crab... And like kill it, people are gonna go ape crap on, on, <laughs> I mean, on social media. Wrong. On TV, he was like, you know, he said, you know how in these times everybody's so freaked out about anything to do with animals. He's like, I can't do this on TV. He's yeah. like, I got a camera right here. And yeah. meanwhile, he's like, mic'd, pointing yeah. at the camera. And he said, I just can't do this in 2020, man. Well, the crab works itself off, and they're like, it looks like it's dead anyway. And he's like, well, as long as I didn't do it. You know, just can't do that in 2020, right. baby. No, he's, he's like, right. He, he's and I'm glad he said it. I'm he's glad he live said on that. air going, I'm we're glad. in a pandemic. People are caring about animals. Like yeah. people are going crazy right now. He's like, I can't do this. And it was the funniest moment. That's great. It was that, so wild. Yeah. I like that. So it makes me wonder about the Sea Worlds, the. Yeah. The you got to wonder about the state. Any the, zoo. Isn't the zoo kind of different? Is it? I mean, not technically. I mean, just less aquatic animals. I mean, depending on the zoo that you go to. Sure. Although, but I mean, it, I've been to some of the most famous zoos in the nation, like Dallas, Fort Worth, St. Louis. I think I've been to the Bronx Zoo. Mm-hmm. Um, if you've seen one zoo, you've seen every zoo. Yeah. They're so boring. They're so stupid. It's like all these animals are just in the shelter in the back. Like, you can't yeah. see them. Yeah. I will say, like, I prefer aquariums uh to zoos because aquariums like a lot of times you still see everything that you're supposed to yeah you see the whole sea the whole ocean yeah okay yeah you get the sharks the the dolphins the seals the otters yeah i mean i I love me an otter man (laughs) yeah they're cute yeah they're very cute but i don't know i i haven't been to an aquarium probably since mimosa of 
2010. Dude, I, ne- I never went to any of the mimosas. We danced at that one. Aw. Hashtag badventists. <laughs> it was epic. For shame. Um, I kind of, I might want to circle back to mimosa, but uh, the last aquarium that I went to, Courtney and I went whenever we went to Seattle, and that, that aquarium was pretty impressive. I, I bet that there. rocked. It was nice. But yeah, mimosa, dude. <laughs> yeah i drank one last year maybe <laughs> um i think i, I went to I, two maybe? yeah I once know. i heard like i mean this is no offense but they they had like a christian comedian and i just knew <laughs> i just knew it wasn't going to be funny yeah and so give me a joke no i i didn't go oh, so I don't okay know. but but i heard well, re- a, i heard reviews joke? i heard reviews and uh i was you know Nobody was impressed. A Christian joke. Um, how does uh, Moses make his tea or coffee? I don't know. He brews it. <laughs> he brews. You get it because. Yeah. Okay. I mean, that's. Wow. Some of these are almost slur like. <laughs> uh, Boy, know. how crazy is it to be a Christian in 2020? I mean. Do you guys just feel persecuted AF or what's going on? No, I'm chilling. I say you guys like all I culturally I'm lopping myself in. Um, I'm just not like, I mean, I'm not like a hardcore in your face Christian by any means. Sure. Um, but I, I do, I have to think that for people in the church, they've got to think like, this is the most, like this is the most amount of resistance we've gotten or like our status. that we Like what are viewed. you, can you, what are you speaking to specifically? Like what, what is the resistance? Well, Christianity in the media has been portrayed as like very backwoods like oh this is trudy she's a christian well hi neighbor have you heard the good like they always portray them as simple and dumb and like antiquated and bigoted now i mean this goes back to like a lot of what media does it's either the far left or the far right you know pushing whichever videos like suit them like as far as the churches that i go to i mean I feel like even Keen, who's known to be like more conservative, um, probably a little older setting, like even they've been very progressive and and uh, talking about a lot of the things going on, like racial injustices and um, different things like that. So, you know, well, you'd have to be hyper aware. Yeah. But I think that based on based on some of the evangelistic series I attended, like in my youth or helped volunteer at or whatever, mm-hmm. um, I got to think that based on everything happening that they've, are they not saying like, this is definitely in times or like, what's, oh, what's the sense of urgency on that? I, I see a little bit of that, like on Facebook and stuff, the, the older generation conservative, you know, there have been a lot of terrible things that have happened, uh, since biblical times. And so I'm not going to be like, Oh, this is the one because, you know, we all thought the last one was the one or, or nine 11 or, you know, these different instances throughout our history. And so I'm not going to be like, oh, Jesus is coming soon, you know, just just stay prepared, you know, <laughs> not going to say that. just stay prepared. It's funny. No. I, I asked my parents. About I, I this. don't I, I think it's going to get way worse. I don't know if it's going to happen in my lifetime. Right, right. And I think as a grand microcosm of like time, even yeah. if it was like two brads from now, that would still be quick. You know what I mean? Like right. in the grand scheme of things. I asked my parents about this the other day. I was like, so based on what y'all have always like adhered to or whatever, like, is mm-hmm. this in times to you? And my dad always shrugs when I ask this question. He goes, you know, they've been telling me that Jesus was coming since the fifth grade. Yeah. And he's like, because I used to tell them back in my younger days, like, 
is it bad that I don't want him to come back right now because I want to do all this stuff first? And he's like, no, no, no. I felt the same way. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, were they, you know, we were warned about the Sunday law growing up and everything. It's like all these. Oh, I've never mind. <laughs> Sounds crazy to say it out loud to an audience we don't know. <laughs> yeah. I, I was just going to say, well, the only thing the Catholics are <laughs> known for these days, like, I don't think they're going to be taken over a day of worship anytime soon. They, <laughs> no. they, they have some other things to, to work on first. They're going to be spinning seven days behind bars. Like, I mean, I'm Louise. saying. Um, They've really taken some heat for that over the last couple of years. Well, rightfully so. Oh, man. That, that's kind of all you think about in some ways whenever. Right. And so, so, you know, it's one thing growing up, like studying the book of Daniel and Revelation and how the little horn represents the Pope and the Catholic Church. And now it's just like. <laughs> or did the little horn just go home? <laughs> well, it's, yeah, it's just like. I don't, Hashtag I don't prophecy get, joke. <laughs> I don't want to get into like religion bashing or anything. Nah. So I'm just going to. You want to bash Swahu for a while? How's that going? Um, it's going pretty well. Uh, my classes are getting uh, more interesting. Um, I've been working on a school project. We've been put in uh, groups. And so yesterday, yeah, yesterday I went up to uh, Keene Adventist Elementary School and I recorded some videos with one of my, um, uh, what am I thinking, teammates? <laughs> like uh, partners? Well, we don't work together, but I guess it's a partner in this class. Um and we were recording with one like, of the diff- other students. <laughs> no, 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 no. Oh, yeah. That's how you would say that. Yeah, but it's weird to think of myself as a student. So I guess that's why I didn't come. Get to my- used to it, buddy. All right. Um, yeah. So I recorded with one of my fellow students, classmates, and we recorded different age levels. Like she recorded. And so I pretended to be like a preschool student, an elementary, middle school and high school student. And like the different behaviors that they exhibit whenever they, something doesn't go their way. This is on audio somewhere. It's on video. Oh my goodness. We need to like, dude, just I loop all of those. I want to hear preschool. I got you. How'd you get into character for that? <laughs> <laughs> you know, just, you just remember little Brad. <laughs> I just thought about, you know, like Taco Bell messing up my order, I guess. <laughs> No, I feel like I did a pretty good job, but um, I had characteristics to go off of. And uh, throughout this project, we're also going to be recording videos on how to handle this at a certain, you know, uh, depending on the age level, because the way that you talk to a high school student is not going to be the way that you talk to a preschool student. And we're also writing like a paper on this and everything. So that's I've been pretty busy this week uh, working on that and trying to get ahead of my classes just so I'm not overwhelmed because I'm taking three classes. Um, So far, I have a. 97 and above in all my classes happy about that um i'm about three weeks ahead in two of the classes right Uh, on yeah just taking quizzes like the online quizzes and everything and starting my papers so So you'd say that like monday through friday there's a good portion of daylight hours that you're devoted to studies and classes yeah pretty much working out at night or yeah so i would say from eight to about two i'm working um, I'm either in class or working on projects, um, sometimes later, but then I go and work out at, uh, five o'clock and, uh, yeah. Right on. So that's been part of my day. What time does G get off? He gets off like at four thirty, four forty-five. So okay. the gym's closer to him. So I get there at five. Sometimes we start at five fifteen, but it's been good. It's been a nice, like I, this is the first time I've had like a set schedule 
since before COVID, really. Like, I, f- I feel a lot more productive in my days. Yeah. Yeah, I can't imagine COVID without the anchor of a job or something yeah. kind of... I'm a consistency person. Like, yeah. I... I mean, I had my classes, but they went until noon, and it's just like the Wild West, you know? Like, <laughs> anything goes. I mean, I would kill for a week of that. I'm going to have to take some long weekends because too mission critical to the startup at this point to really take like a week and two weeks at a time. Sure. But, um, you know, definitely talked to Stacy up in be more today and was like, Hey, we should co-work or something like as long as I'm within an, an hour time zone, mm-hmm. um, on either side really, or really just as long as I'm kind of on this continent, we're good. Yeah. So I've pitched the idea of like, well, what if we get like an Airbnb in Mexico that has a killer Wi-Fi signal so that I can work and then, you know, go dip your toes in the ocean at break time or that sounds like a great plan. I'll be finishing out my master's classes in Florida. Oh yeah? Yes, sir. Which part of Florida are you guys headed to? Um Fort Lauderdale. Okay. Yeah. So I'll be over there with Courtney and her family. And um, you know, Florida gets panned, but they have the best beaches. Like they have actual oh, white yeah. sand beaches and I mean, blue water. Yeah. And... The residents, you know, a lot of them are crazy, but beautiful like Especially uh, the landlocked residents, but yeah, a lot yeah, of those yeah. coastal residents are very affluent. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so looking forward to that, and uh, it'll be interesting. I, you know, taking finals over the computer and everything, but I guess our presentation, like the video that I'm talking about that we recorded, uh, that's going to be part of our final. And uh, so I, I think I, th- I don't want to jinx it, but I think you know I'll I'll end up with all A's and not really have to worry about these classes since I'm getting pretty far ahead. Yeah. And I think that in some ways, you know, I, I very much panned the idea of zoom masters program, but the amount of collaboration with technology and each other that you're having to do right now is so, um, similar to what you're going to experience in the future of teaching and already have that. I think that some of this is probably great for you. Yeah, I'm thinking so. I'm thinking so. Yeah, I was talking with one of my coworkers at CTA, uh, and he's already gotten his master's, and he was saying like his finals after the four years, um, they're like essays that each one takes at least an hour, and it's like you having to retain all this information that you gathered from the past four years, and that's that's the part that I'm freaking out is like, okay, well, I'm going to have to remember something from this first year and repeat it the fourth year. And so I'm, that's where I'm really going to have to be diligent because my long-term memory isn't the greatest. Like I don't have the best memorization skills. So yeah, Google defeated the purpose yeah, of memorizing like, anything. Like, do it, they even teach I'm, times tables anymore? Like, I don't know. Bro. I think sometimes I think back and I think like we were the last like scholastic, like old school classical education mm-hmm. where like we read American history and like wrote diagram sentences and handed times tables and cut out Santa from the workbook and like just all of this stuff that I mean nowadays like I know people who their kids are coding at four and five in school you know especially like these bougie private schools or prep schools yeah I mean the the bougie preps the private school that I was working at in Maryland those middle schoolers were coding man yeah what a you know outliers talks about having access and the environment and like how bill gates was 
how he just so happened to luck into those 10,000 hours because nobody else had access to the 10,000 hours. They didn't have access to two hours. And that's how you can exponentially work yourself ahead of the, the pack. And how you choose to spend your time right now routine or no routine, like self-imposed or externally imposed Mm -hmm. um, is going to like, this is a time that you could, you could really put a lap in between yourself and other people, no matter what industry or pursuit you're in. And I I keep trying to harness that, that there's guys that came back from three months of no plane on the tour and totally re chiseled their bodies, Mm -hmm. restructured their swing, did whatever. And are, you know, have been top five consecutive tournaments so far this year. Definitely. Bryson DeChambeau being one of them. Dallas, Dallas native. Yep. Or Dallas resident. This was the time to work on your craft in many regards, like, you know, whether you're an athlete or you could even just be talking about, you know, a local business owner and, you know, kind of changing your store around. And um, a lot of people have gotten to do that because their store was broken into and looted the crap out of. (laughs) Yeah, that's not that's not the ideal way to have to do that. But um, it's crazy when like after you know, the 17th day of protests and rioting, you don't even tune in anymore. You're just like, oh, they're in that pocket over there. Like you're not even phased by it. Yeah. There has been a lot of development. Let's follow up on RIP Cristalia. This looks like this is going to not be good for him. Yeah, This looks like it has an element or a lot more than an element of truth. Yeah. I mean, a lot of his close friends who are also comedians have commented and it has let's go not... one by one. <laughs> All right, you you hit it. No, no, no. I, who? Which reaction uh, video? Brian Callen. That one. When I saw Brendan Shaw break down and start crying, I was yeah. like, Chris did it. Yeah. When he said, "I'm mad at Chris," right? I was like, Chris did it. Yep. Um, and um, Chris's silence for a week since that TMZ comment or whatever yep. was also damning. Uh, who else did you watch? Uh, Whitney Cummings, uh, Amy Schumer. Do they have videos or just audio? Or um, they they posted on their Instagram. Whitney specifically calling out Crystalia and Amy um, praising like the women that have come forward. She didn't really use Chris's name, but it happened right after, so you can assume. Okay. Um, Crystalia's uh, castmate on the show, you the the lead guy whose name is Pin Badgley. Pin Badgley. Um, he came out with a statement saying, wow, I can like, it, it's just r- extremely disturbing to have had a person like play a pedophile who actually ended up like being one. And I really hope that um, like our viewers understand that it's not something that we promote. And I don't know, he went on and he's saying it better than I am, but um, he was definitely, uh, I don't know, he was very articulate in his words. So that's worth looking up if you haven't read it, but. I saw the LA Times article. I didn't read word for word what he said because, you know, I he wasn't. I was more interested in the comedian's take and right. the people that that know him. Like he has more, spend more time with connection him. with. Um, so obviously, I think T Fat K was like my number one destination where I'm like they have to say something yeah. because he he carved out a new lane of fans on that show just through guest appearances. Yep. Like I think that we know so much more about him and Will Sasso and some of these guys because of that podcast that we yep. wouldn't have maybe found otherwise. But um, I watched um, Andrew Santino and Tiger Belly, um, Bobby, uh, Bobby Lee. Oh yeah. And they both were, you know, not a whole lot of people are really giving him the benefit of the doubt or, really sticking up for him, mm-hmm. which, you know, 
I, I got to think that if you're Brian Callen, don't you call Chris the first thing? Like, isn't that your first move is to call Chris when you see the, the reports? Did he say that he hasn't talked to him? Did he say that he has? Well, I mean... Some of the people, it was obvious that they had not communicated. They'd kind of weighed in and like waited and then wanted to weigh in. And then I'm sure that, you know, when Brian and Brendan weighed in, like that kind of started the avalanche of people because I would just plug his name in every third day to YouTube or something to see what would pop up and, you know, saw extra Hollywood reporter, TMZ, everybody had picked up on it. Yeah, I mean, it goes back to the evidence is pretty damning and. Uh, like you said, him not speaking up after that TMZ. Also, you know, if he was innocent, you you'd think that he would be able to defend himself a little bit more or a lot more. Um, well, there's an element of like even if you were innocent, your, your publicist and all these people could oh, he advise was, you. Yeah, to he was wait. dropped by his publicist. Well, he was dropped by his and agency his agent, yeah. and his uh, his manager. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dang, dude, when those corrupt people are dropping you that's isn't it insane this is um first of all the saddest part is for the young women you know i i hate that that happened and i hope that nothing you know physical happened but um on the there's something else to reflect on that i'm almost mourning and that is the death of a otherwise bright young career like he had he was just hitting that gravy spot as a comedian where he's been at it for 15, 17 years already. He's 40 and he's now on, you know, some more major films or, or mm-hmm. shows. He's got a couple of Netflix specials out there. He can sell out theaters. He's Justin Bieber's favorite comic. Like he, he'd made some inroads and alliances with people where he was this multi threat from like an acting stand up podcasting social media just goofball and just overall like he's always a goofball and then for this to come out and sink all that it's like he's 40 what is going to be the plan to financially recoup to live life to do whatever like obviously barring any legal charges being brought (laughs) forth which i have heard nothing about i Um, I don't think there's evidence to support anything like that as of this time um but it's just I think about that and I'm not sympathizing with him on his actions. I'm just thinking like, man, if you've worked so hard to get somewhere and then to just watch your personal behavior, your personal kink, your whatever you need to control, like your weakness to watch that sink you is heartbreaking. Yeah. Yeah, it's tough, but I I don't know. I feel, I don't know, I was never like, maybe my opinion would change if it was a comedian that I really enjoyed. I always thought he was like decently funny, but. I've never enjoyed his stand-up. Yeah. I enjoy him as an actor and a podcaster. Yeah. And and so what what I'm trying to, you know, decide in my head is like, oh, if this was like somebody that I really looked up to, would I give them the same leeway? And it's like, nah, like. If, if you're messaging younger girls underage, like you deserve whatever's coming to you, buddy. Like it is unfortunate. Um, like you said, it is, it is sad, but I mean, dude, you're, you're somebody that's famous. You, you have a huge circle. You can, there's right. There's my, my point, doing? I, I'm attacking it from a different 
yeah, angle and it. it has nothing to do with Chris as a person. Like I'm thinking, I'm just saying yeah, sure. in the abstract, um, as yeah, somebody yeah. that has always, um, delayed gratification in the kinds of work and pursuits that I mm-hmm. put myself into in many ways. Um, it's just ultra painful to watch that slip through your fingers. And I mean, he could come back out and say none of this happened, or maybe in five years he's, you know, people are begging for him to come back or mm-hmm. maybe he follows the Louis CK treatment or something. But I feel like with Louis, even Louis, there were no underage people. I right. think the underage aspect of this, well, that's the only thing that makes it problematic, you yep. know, cause you can DM anybody, anything if they're of age, I guess. But, right. um, yeah, it's just, wow. Why, why do you need them? That like when you're you 40, you don't, you're dude, sick. an 18 year old looks like a child. Yep. So it's like, dude, I'm 30 and an 18 year old looks like yep. a child. I don't even know how I've told stories in this podcast about where's your mom. And she was working there, you know, like <laughs> right. stuff like that. And it's like, that is, that is so over the borderline. Like, you know, I feel like there's this gray area where older guys will hook up with a 20 year old or something and they'll be like, Oh, I got away with something. Cause she's so young, yeah. but it's totally legal. And to cross over like an 18 year old threshold borderline is like unthinkable. Yeah, it's perverse. It's like, what if she can go home to her dad that day, what's wrong with you? Yeah. Yep. I think that rule extends to people of age. If she's going <laughs> home to her dad that day, skip that you know well i mean i'm living with my parents so i'm still going home with my well, dad like, I, I don't but you're doing that utilitarian no, know, like I you're know. not i'm messing you're not their financial dependent right um other than the roof over your head like i don't know if you're hollering at them with rent i never yeah. paid my parents rent um when i moved back in after college and then when i moved back from baltimore yeah for just a couple months each time but yeah no i i get what you're saying yeah yeah um so I guess that that's kind of where that stands. Um, you know, they go back and they splice and dice all of the podcast footage from old episodes. Like he he told us in this episode, you know, and then it's right. like something that could be construed as exactly that, or maybe something different. Or yeah, I mean, once you op- once once that door is cracked open, it, it's a floodgate, man. So yeah, dude. Um, he got got. You want me to just start working down the list of. Uh, of current events or do you have a progression well, for how you want to do this? Uh, I think a nice segue would be somebody else's past coming back to bite them. Wh- which one? Uh, that would be Jimmy Kimmel. Yes. The Both of the Jimmys. Oh, Jimmy Fallon as well. I think people are actually conflating some of the Jimmy Fallon stuff with some of the Jimmy Kimmel stuff too. Mm-hmm. Uh, just kind of to put that out there at the outset. Like they both did blackface. Yeah. Um, I think that people have mentioned one person's blackface as the others. Um, so Jimmy Fallon did blackface for SNL. Yeah, he was, it was Chris Chris Rock. <laughs> yeah, I saw the clip, by the way. He does a great Chris Rock. It was a great impression. Yeah. Um, again, I, I'll make the point that was SNL ordained. If you're going to go after anybody, go after Lorne and NBC. Mm-hmm. But I don't think the NBC News should profit off of sinking NBC Entertainment. Like, it's such a, you yeah. know, a carnivorous, no, <laughs> a cannibalistic world out there. But um, so anyway, we can skip over him. He had sure. a special show the other night where he apologized. He had on, like, all the NAACP people mm-hmm. and just all these different uh, representative group folks that, yeah. 
you know, I guess he was supposed to get his lashings and do penance and listen and have a dialogue. And, um, you know, we'll circle back to this, but well, I'm not going to make that statement yet. You want to go into Kimmel? Uh, sure. So Kimmel, same thing. Uh, Malone. Yes. That was the first on, thing. on his show, the man show with Adam Carolla back in, is this the nineties, early 2006, maybe. Okay. Um, and so, yeah, he was Carl Malone. I think he was also Snoop Dogg at some point. Um, and, so th- and then he came out with a mixtape. Well, let's tell the story Okay. this way. That was, well, I, let me ask you, they, they, they saw the blackface stuff and then he announced the summer vacation mm-hmm. and people were saying, oh, this is, he's already getting canceled or this is his hiatus. Right. And he's like, no, I've had this plan for forever, whatever. Um, and then in that time, whoever these internet research people are like these SJWs that like, if they direct their attention on you for a day and like go back through 10 years of tweets or Facebook posts or whatever, they will find something. Well, they found it with him. I'm squeaky clean, baby. Yeah. I mean, hey, this podcast is not getting canceled. Nope. Nope. Yeah. So. So he yeah the uh the headline was he used the n-word right so they they found out that he used the n-word and it's on video or audio and so that was like the thing that was going to sink him because we've got him blackface and we've got him with the n-word now check check but he was doing it as a cover um he uses the n-word he's doing a track like it's a Christmas time in the LBC and he's impersonating Snoop Dogg sure, and drops the N-word in the song. Did he not write the song though? I I don't care if he wrote it, directed it, produced it, and I think they put it out there back then. Like it was available for consumption. Yeah, I mean a lot of things were available for consumption that is not appropriate or, you know, good. Let me ask you a question. Hit me. Is it different? Did you listen to the song? No, I didn't. First of all, he sounds like Snoop Dogg. Okay. Like you mm-hmm. don't know it's Jimmy Kimmel. Second of all, um, is it different that he was impersonating a well-known black rapper in his exact voice and style and used the N-word in a track versus if video had surfaced of his order being screwed up at a restaurant and him directing his anger at the black waiter, calling him the N-word and raising a scene? Would those two situations have been different to you? Um, yeah, I think the latter is more serious, but. So you think that the cover for the Snoop Dogg song put out for the man show was based out of hate and racism? No. So th- this is the problem that I have when it comes to music, when it comes to impersonations, when it comes to um, impressions, like all of these different things like what cloak can comedians use because Dave Chappelle doing his white guy voice or even white face and Chappelle show are among my favorite things in this life. Yeah. So I don't care at all if any race like passes over that threshold or impersonates or whatever. I think that as a general rule of thumb, what I am figuring out to a certain extent is that even for illustrative purposes or used within a, a high level discussion or an imper- white people are not to say the N word at all yeah. ever under like you can't even use it. Like if you were describing a situation where you'd witness somebody being called that 
and you were like, do you get my, like, I'm not trying to be not woke here. I'm saying like, you can't say it at all, even if to say like, this is what people used to be called. And you're like teaching your son or something like you can't utter it under any circumstance. Um, I mean, I, th- I think you can, if you're explaining that to a child, like, and you're not recording it and put it like, if you're teaching a history lesson and I, I feel like you can say the word, but I'm also not the inward police. And to be honest, it does me no harm that I can't say the word, like my people were not oppressed. And so that's another reason why I feel like, okay, Dave Chappelle, like he did the whiteface thing. I feel like there's a little bit of a difference there. I mean, you can say, Oh, that's being hypocritical, but technically it totally is. Um, but you know, I, I, t- I take your sentiment and point and I share that sentiment and point. Um, and I'm not trying to equate everything across the board here. All I'm saying is that no, I don't think Jimmy Kimmel, I don't is think a Jimmy Fallon or, or Jimmy Kimmel or racist Jimmy at all Kimmel's a Jew, but you can like, still, they have you can still slaves. do the wrong, like you can still do the wrong thing though. Yeah, but you, he I, did it in 96. Like, are we really going to cancel him for doing Carl Malone? He's, He's, by the way, hung out with Carl Malone since. Like, oh. this was not. We have to decide. First of all, I I want to know genuinely. This is my perception. I'm okay. saying this with my white lens on. I'm an idiot. <laughs> you know, always take me with a grain of salt. Sure. Um, I'm just going off the cuff here. But I don't think that to the majority of Black Americans that blackface done for entertainment purposes or a certain number of years back for Halloween is actually that problematic. I have this Hmm. weird like hypothesis that if you're truly a black oppressed person in America, your priority is really more with like cops kneeling on necks and killing young black men and women. I mean, yeah, that's the, that's the more appropriate uh, problem to deal with at this moment in time. I would say, yeah, I would agree with that. And I agree that if the KKK is getting together and doing old school plays to like show this is how life should have been or they're doing blackface or, you know, anything with any type of malicious intent, it's a definite problem. But if an entertainer, first of all, it seems like everybody of a certain age did this back in the day. Have you noticed that? Like everybody from Trudeau to Kimmel to Fallon to like it used to be that you would get shoe polish and apparently you could do this. I, I don't ever remember people doing this around me at any time in my life. Me neither. But in the 80s and 70s, it seems like everybody was doing this. Yeah, and that was also a lot. <laughs> Times were more racist back then as well. So, I, like, but are we going to cancel everybody from the 70s and 80s? No, but I'm like, how are you going to teach a lesson if things do not change, though? Right, but you can't teach a lesson by putting an entire generation out of work. <laughs> like i mean okay so what would be the appropriate like what is the appropriate way to teach the lesson then? i think the appropriate way is kind of disclaimerish, like the major streaming services and just i think jimmy kimmel came out and he kind of resentingly apologized you know he he definitely wanted to wear the comedian cloak and like hey We've always known that I was a goofball and an idiot and a comedian and that Adam Carolla was my best friend. Mm-hmm. And we had the man show 
where women jumped up and down on trampolines to play us out. Like yeah. you knew what this was. Like it was the nineties. It was a different culture. You could do more. You could do different things. Sure. It's not. Okay. I, so then my, my next question is where do you draw the line? Like what I don't year? Know. I what don't year? know. You know, because at some point you do know better and well, here's the line, you know, you can't do that today. Correct. But when did today begin? You know, like you couldn't do it yesterday either or the day before. So, well, the behavior so where's the line happen today? But if it happened 30 years ago, you know, should we cancel somebody because of that? Okay. So should we cancel someone from five years ago? Three, one, like that's what I'm saying is how do you know where to draw the line? Like at what point should somebody not be in trouble for something that they did in the past? I personally think that for anything other than nonviolent, you know, violent crimes and different things like that, that nobody should be canceled for virtually anything, you know, on either side. You know, I I think that whether you're Alex Jones and crazy conspiracy theorists, like when you drown out a voice or something, you know, it leads to back channels of communication, secrecy, secret societies. It leads to bad things. Um, I don't know. I might have the wrong viewpoint of that, but I'm, I'm pretty free speech and freedom of practice and religion and all like this whole stuff with burning the flag. I'm like, burn the flag. You know, that's your American right. You know, I don't get what what's going on with half of this stuff, but and I'm not trying to be insensitive to the black plight in America. I'm just saying that Jimmy Kimmel has never for one moment struck me as a legitimate racist or even anybody that stereotypes in a really negative way. Um, He, he played, characters that he's now regretting they're being footage of mm-hmm. <clears throat> that being said i i can't see him regretting the actual action because i don't think that he entered into it with any malintent right um i think that this inward thing that's that's a bit more of a controversy mm-hmm. that's where he's going to have real issues i can't defend you as much what did you think was going to happen being a, a white person well, yeah, putting something like that? I'm out? sorry. I, I know that we kind of have been both talking about the blackface and the inward, but I've been grouping the inward in as far as like what I think should have happened to him. Like, I think the inward and blackface are two very different conversations to me personally. And then I think that with the inward, it's like with Bill Maher. Bill Maher kind of accidentally made a joke and used the inward in a show a couple of years ago when Senator Ben or Congressman Ben Sass was on Mm -hmm. and I watched it live and I, I gasped. And my first thought was we just lost Bill Maher. Like, why would you do that? You just took your voice out of this thing. And then HBO was uh, pretty understanding about it. Um, They, when you're a comedian live, sometimes, and, and you're not otherwise known as a racist. I guess you're given a, bit of leeway or benefit of the doubt louis ck has said the n-word like out loud multiple times in a set from a different perspective than you're used to or thinking Mm -hmm. and turns it into comedy and didn't receive like he got away with that and that was only a couple years ago um i don't think that we should say it that's my personal stance right Mm -hmm. but if i catch you saying it and you're rapping along to your favorite rapper I'm going to treat that with a way different perspective than I am if you're hurling a brick at somebody that's black and using it as a racial epithet to attack them. Like we're just if you say it to hurt people or describe people that you don't know, like 
that's a that's a racist issue. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like that's wrong. And then there's this other area where it's like, what do we do about this? This fa- this Kimmel stuff, you know? Yeah, I I don't know, man. Uh, for me personally, like there are you know being an English teacher, there there are millions of other words that you have at your disposal you know it's kind of like the like don't press this button and you know just because you were told not to like you press it it's like you can go your life without saying this one word man like up your vocabulary do everything and i know i know it was in the past it was a different time whatever i'm not talking about that that time period i'm saying right now you can change your vocabulary like it 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 does you no harm it kind of goes back to the HBO like that we were talking about last week and pulling gone with the wind and then bringing it back with a disclaimer like taking that word out of your vocabulary is not going to kill you it's not going to harm you it's not going to change your life at all so why do it even if you don't quite understand like there are specific people that it does hurt whether you are saying it maliciously there are people that get hurt whenever you're saying it jokingly so I don't know. Like a hundred percent agreement. Like yeah, yeah. nobody is arguing that fact. You should not use that word. It, m- many people argue that nobody should use that word. I think that black people should be able to use that word as they please. And n- nobody else. Basically the sure. point that I'm making is, are we really moving this movement forward by canceling, you know, Mr. Jewish Jimmy Kimmel for something that he did as a gag 20, 30 years ago? Like, is that, is that really rooting out racism or did you need somebody to get got that day? Cause, and I'm not, I'm not even arguing when I say the priority is more on like the George Floyd and different situations like that. Like if there's an issue, there's an issue point blank. The two are not mutually exclusive. My whole point is like, this is about something else. Maybe like they, I mean, it could be. And honestly, like we're talking about it this week and we're going to be talking about something else next week. Like, this particular story is probably going to blow over. He's probably going to be fine. But I do think people need to look at it as like a, hey, you know, a little warning, like your past can come back to haunt you. Everybody at this point on should know better. Okay. So like, I don't think it would be appropriate 20 years from now, if somebody was saying it now, you know, for them not to get in trouble 20 years later after it's found out, like this is a moment in time where people know better. And and so, I, I guess heed the warning. I, I I don't know. Yeah, I mean, I I think that it's it remains to be seen as to whether or not this blows over. Because for Kimmel, I think for Fallon it blows over because he just has the blackface situation. And again, I argue that was on anything that you do in SNL, you cannot be held personally responsible for, like in terms of a a skit. Like, I just. We go to SNL knowing, hey, strip away any preconceived notion of anything. We're going to make fun of Republicans, Democrats, Blacks, Whites, Asians, Mexicans, immigrants, residents, citizens. Like there are no sacred cows with SNL. So I kind of reject that premise. I think it's going to blow over for him. Kimmel, it would have blown over were just for the Carl Malone blackface, which is not that funny either. Um but with the inward surfacing, that's such a smoking gun. Obviously, in 2020, it's like we got it. Mm-hmm. But 
also some of the Megan Fox stuff that I've been seeing where it, it appears as though, I don't know if you've seen the clip, but not. she was, um, you know, she was trending this oh. week because she was so sexualized at a young age yeah, in Hollywood. Michael and they blackballed Bay, her. Michael Bay, the director. And so she was on Kimmel way back in the day talking about how she was originally sourced by Michael Bay and the team mm -hmm. and was brought into, um, she was an extra in a scene where she was 15 right? and they dressed her in like high heels and a bikini and a cowboy girl hat and like drenched her in water. And like, she was totally overly sexualized at 15 and she's presenting this to Kimmel. Like, yeah. this is kind of my trauma. Like it was not necessarily like, huh? Yeah. And he and turns he, it into a joke. Well, in his defense, like he's kind of like, Oh my goodness, what do I do with this? Yeah. And I don't think that he probably handled it in the best way po or he didn't handle it by today's standards. Right. Yeah. Um, <laughs> For sure, handle a lot of things by the standards, which uh, you know I'm sure a lot of people. Nobody's accused be him right. of being the Pope, you know. Right. He's he's always been an irreverent a hole comedian from New York. Like I don't know, whatever. Anyway, so that was trending. So all of that piling together, those two segments, kind of the the Me Too and uh, BLM, and all of this kind of combined on Kimmel. In it's been this drip. A f campaign effect on him mm -hmm. where he may not survive this, but he's currently still scheduled as of today to host the Emmys. Yeah. So hmm. decisions to be made. Indeed. Uh, yeah. We'll see. I, I personally, even if he doesn't uh, host the Emmys, it wasn't uh, what did Kevin Hart not get to host the Emmys for? What happened with him? The Oscars. Or the Oscars. Uh, he had a bit back in the day about how if he if his son was gay, he'd oh, like okay. smash yeah. his head with his dollhouse. <laughs> and and you know, so he didn't host that, and he's not canceled. Even if Jimmy yeah, he, uh, Kimmel he took a big hit. Sure, he's he's fine, <laughs> and I, I I think Jimmy Kimmel will be all right as well, whether the audience wants him to or not. Um, I I I do think it's gonna blow over, but. Time will tell. Time will tell. I've been wrong before. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's scheduled to be on this vacation and not recommence the show until September, it sounds like. So that's a pretty nice window of time that they can, you know, get everybody's lawyers together inevitably. Yeah. And after reading that Johnny Carson um, uh, biopic or whatever told by his lawyer, the uh, bombastic Bushkin or whatever his name was, mm -hmm. Um, you know, so much of that is like political and contractual and all of this because they would have to pay him out big if anything like that were to occur and they had to separate ways or go their separate paths or whatever. Um, unfortunately, I feel like I'm just like, you know, it's the 38th installment of the weekly catch up podcast. And I feel like I should just be saying, and welcome back to race wars <laughs> in America week 38 because, yeah. uh, you mentioned Bubba Wallace earlier mm -hmm. that is becoming one of the craziest stories of the year. Yeah. In a very competitive year <laughs> yes. for crazy stories. Yeah. It's, it's a contender. Um, so dude walks into his, um, garage, correct? No, back no? it up, back oh. it up. Oh, well you, you begin it then. Let's start back with the Confederate flag. Well, let's start back with most of America finding out that there's a black NASCAR driver. Yeah, the only one, huh? Be honest. If you knew that there was a black NASCAR driver, raise your hand. Dude, if 
uh, Dale Earnhardt Jr. is not still racing or Jimmy Johnson, then I probably don't know any <laughs> Those of Those are them. the last two that I knew, too. Those are, They've been yeah. retired for years. So, <laughs> so black, white, yellow, red, like, I, I don't know. Black, white, yellow, red, I'm not a fan of NASCAR at yeah. all. <laughs> it's the most boring thing in the world to me. Yeah. But if you like it, shout cool. out my mom. I know you like it. Shout out Brian. Yeah. So, yeah, just, you know, I'm not. Turn left I've never won. for 500 miles, you know. Cool. Um, it, boring. But, you know, more power to whoever. Uh, however, apparently it was a sport whose fans, uh, you know, proudly displayed the Confederate flag in many locations around mm-hmm. the nation, especially Talladega and Alabama. And it was still not uncommon to walk through the parking lot. Uh, you know, the, the pregame, even into the stands and different aspects of the sports aura were littered with, you know, flags of the Confederacy and different things like that. And so recently, Bubba Wallace kind of got famous and, you know, mainstream famous from my perspective, because he, you know, in honor of BLM and all of this, mm-hmm. basically said, we need to get the Confederate flag out of NASCAR. And then NASCAR stepped in and said, yeah, we're going to ban this. And so it became national news that they were going to ban the Confederate flag from all premises. You couldn't have it in the parking lots, blah, blah, blah. Kind of sparked some uh, unfrustratingly controversy because it was kind of like one of those things where it's like, well, yeah, you probably shouldn't have that. Probably shouldn't have a Confederate flag. Um, But he gained a lot of prominence with that. And then several days later, you see things like, the plane that was hired to fly the banner over Talladega Mm -hmm. saying defund NASCAR with a Confederate flag flying through the air, just like they do at sporting events. And so that was kind of jarring. And then it became reported that y'all know that they lost by the way, right? (laughs) Yeah. Like might as well be a white flag. Might as well be the final lap flag of NASCAR. Um, so then fast forward a week after all of that, where it's like, it's a lot of good things coming out of that story. And then basically the news reported that Bubba Wallace's team had found a noose in his garage at Talladega. Mm -hmm. And the news was quick to say, I noticed this when I first heard the story, the very first news report, they go, Bubba Wallace did not see the noose. You know, it was mm-hmm. he was told about the right. News. He received a phone call. And so that was like, whoa, you know, that's disgusting. Mm-hmm. WTF, like, how could that happen? And you're just like disgusted and you're thinking like, wow, this is where the the white supremacists hang out is NASCAR. Like, that makes sense. Like, that's where they've been hiding. Um, so then I start seeing a day or two before we find out the real truth that like Jesse Smulek keeps getting brought up and I was kind of disgusted. I was like, no, this one's real. Like this Mm -hmm. guy was already being vocal about this, but then I started thinking and I'm like, Oh, I guess this would pile onto that argument. Um, but come to find out the FBI came in and investigated like much ado about nothing. It was a pull rope for his garage door. However, and I, I will say this, uh, Bubba Wallace says that um, the image that I have and I have seen of what was hanging in my garage is not a garage pool. It was a noose, whether tied in 2019 or whatever, it was a noose. I've been racing all my life. We've raced out of hundreds of garages that never had garage pools like that. Um, So 
I think he's saying like, hey, even if this wasn't toward me, like this is unconventional. Like there's a slipknot, like there, you know, I've never, I've never seen a garage pull like this. And I see other not like white NASCAR people saying like, Hey, yeah, like we've never seen one tied this way either. Now, that being said, I'm not saying that that means this was a racist act. Um, I, I just do think that bit of information is interesting as well. So you may not know this, but that's his third story. Okay. I did not know that. So first he was notified of this and, you know, he, I, in my mind took the high road and was like, you're not going to keep my smile down. They mm-hmm. had that touching moment where all the drivers oh, yeah, yeah. like walked his car up to the start of the line and he's crying. And like, you know, it was honestly an emotional feel good moment of like, okay, good to see all these drivers, like get behind him. And mm-hmm. you know, like maybe yeah, that was cool. That was really touching. That was a great moment. I thought that it set the movement forward. Um, you know, you're feeling true equality and uh, you know, all of that was feeling great. And then when the FBI came in and ruled, hey, guys, this is just the string that you use to pull the garage door down. And oh, by the way, he just got assigned this garage this week. And this pull rope has been in the same format in this photo in 2019, mm-hmm. in this photo in 2018. And there's white drivers in there. And then once that ruling came out, everybody from around the country started posting their pull ropes and different things. And a lot of them are like that. Okay. It's called a handhold. It's a logical handhold. If you give an enclosed circular rope, the ability to, you know, your hand can easily slip through it. You can command it. I don't know if there's rust on the thing. I don't know why they do that. I don't own property. I don't have a garage. Every garage I've ever had has been electric. (laughs) Suburban lifestyle. I don't know what you want me to say. So he comes out and tweets a a graphic that he's Mm -hmm. written in and says like, I'm so glad that the FBI was able to get in there and confirm that this wasn't what we thought it was. Mm -hmm. You know, thanks for doing this. Thanks to NASCAR for taking it seriously and bringing in the FBI. Like, and everything is good to go. We're all good. Fast forward to last night. He goes on Don Lemon, Mm -hmm. who was incredulous. Okay. Yeah. Because Don, (laughs) so Bubba Wallace doubles down and says, it was a noose. Whether it was for me or not, it was a noose. And Don like like takes his glasses. He's like scratching his head. He's like, so wait, you're now saying that it was a noose? And he's like, it was a noose. I saw it. It's an, It was a noose. Hmm. And so now the world is turning on him. And they're like, what are you talking about? This is not a noose. This is a handhold rope yeah. to pull your garage door down. And you've now, more importantly, changed stories. Hmm. He acknowledged and respected and confirmed the FBI's statements. And then the next day, he's changed his tune. So the memes of like the brothers Smoulette and like all of them, they've just started to roll in heavy at first when it was just speculation and certain people weren't buying it. uh, I was disgusted by that. And it turns out those are the people that were seeing things clearly because, you know, as it turns out, I don't think that there's a whole bunch of racists in America with a flatbed trailer full of nooses. And they're like, there's one, throw it at him or put it in his garage. Like let's target them in the most hyper targeted way possible. The only black NASCAR driver, let's go put a noose in his garage. This is like when you first heard Jesse Smollett, you were like, this is disgusting. This is Mm -hmm. terrible. And it's also way far fetched. 
Sure. And then when it happened to Bubba Wallace, it was like, what a perfect storm. Like what, what a narrative. Like I haven't thought about NASCAR this much ever. Yeah. And then this comes out. But there have been a lot of other stories where it's like, oh, that could have been far-fetched, but no, it ended up being true. So a lot of other news stories present day. Uh, we just talked last week about their you know, five hangings uh, that were ruled a suicide whenever they probably weren't. We we don't have any confirmation on that whatsoever. We did no digging on that since that show. Oh, I okay. It would be fr- I maintain it would be front page news if white supremacists were lynching blacks in this country present day. It's be, you know why I know that because if you so much as put a noose near a black person, it's it's page one news. And guess what? Both of the last you know public times that it happened, it was a hoax. So that's why I'm having a hard time believing that, you know, over here where people aren't looking, we're literally hanging black people. And meanwhile, over here, all these nooses are fake. I don't think it's that unfathomable. I think that racism today is different than most people think. I don't think that there's so many people out there that wish to do black people physical harm. I think that Uh, the type of ignorant racism is what's happening. The type where you don't want uh, a family of color to move into your block Mm -hmm. or... You don't want, it's more about, you know, oh, what are you doing? Do you live here? It's, it's that type of racism that's more prevalent today, in my opinion. Yeah, I wouldn't, not ar- that it, I wouldn't argue it's... that. That doesn't mean there aren't like even more malicious types of racist people out there, though. That right. doesn't mean there's zero chance. But here's the problem is that you get to use a hoax to springboard yourself into a train of thought that might not have otherwise been there. Like this is right. damaging to the movement and to well, our relationships which, with one another. Which I agree, but I, I'm saying like we can't. I don't know. I'd rather take it seriously first and then find out that it was a bust than not. And take we it did right. My issue is that now he's turning into Jesse Smollett by changing his story and not going with the facts that the FBI and NASCAR laid out, mm-hmm. and the fact that like when I saw the pull rope, I was like, oh, like you've got to be kidding me. Like, this yeah. is ridiculous. Like, I hate taking attention away from the real problems with attention fetchers. Sure. That's my problem. That's fair. And uh, then I, I would argue that, you know, again, he wasn't the one that called on it to begin with. He received the phone call and all that. And then, yeah, he probably, uh, I don't know. I have a problem with the fact that racism sells and that I'm a part of it in that I'm Googling all these stories. I'm watching YouTube reels. I'm catching up on the latest media because I want to see what happened with the noose in Bubba Wallace's um, garage because they know it sells. They know it's a hot topic item right now and extra, extra read all about it. And I'm the first one in line. And I don't, I don't even know what to do about all that because I don't want to bury my head in the sand. The minute I saw this, I took it seriously. I was disgusted. I had retweeted, I had quote tweeted you know, the, Mm -hmm. the drivers walking behind him. And then two days later, I felt like an idiot and went to go. I thought about deleting it because I was like, I stand by my comment that a lot of good things came out of this terrible situation, but then it wasn't a terrible situation due to racism. After all, it was a terrible situation due to like, what are we doing? Like, what are we doing at this stage of our, we're launching people to the moon. We're, we're going into space. We're colonizing space. We're, building big business we're beating pandemics and pull ropes are now racist symbols against the 
the lightest black man you've ever seen. Like, do you find it ironic at all that both Jesse and Bubba are, they are not, <laughs> they, they are, they, they've got cream in their coffee, so mm-hmm. to speak. Right. Okay. And they're both the poster boys now for these hoaxes that are going to, it's going to further ostracize white people that need to do more work, honestly, on their part to bridge the divide. But, I don't want to see the divide grow any bigger than it needs to already. I want to see people building bridges over that divide. And this just tore a bunch of bridges down, in my opinion. I don't know if this one story collapses all the work and everything that the protests have been doing, then. I'm not talking about in terms of the protests. I'm talking about in terms of these back to back. Like you can't there. The next news story. Guess what? Nobody is going to believe it, even if it's true. I don't like it when the boy cries wolf, when there's real racial injustice and hate crimes occurring. Mm-hmm. That's what bugs me so badly. That's what, and I'm saying that as an advocate for this movement and for the fact that there are two Americas. I acknowledge that. I'm the first person to say that. Okay. Mm-hmm. Like I'm saying that this sets it back when these hoaxes occur. Yeah, no doubt. That's my issue. Okay. I, I just think that there are a lot more real issues going on where that are happening and that are being reported on where this one story shouldn't move anything backward. That's all. Maybe my reflection or my comment is also on like share of voice among the media where, you know, it was like George who once bubble Wallace had happened and nobody even got physically hurt in that situation. Mm-hmm. Even if it was a hate crime with a real, first of all, if it was a real noose, it would be like a real noose. I don't know. I'm, I'm just saying like, I hate, I think it's extra cruel when something like this happens and people get up in arms and emotional about things. And it was, it was actually nothing. Yeah. Yeah. I would, I agree with that sentiment. I also think that Jesse and Bubba are different in that Bubba didn't see this. Bubba didn't initially report this. Um, yeah, he he, 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 react- might, he might be wrong, but I don't think he's being malicious. Like, I don't think he's trying to spin a story. He may not know what to think. Exactly. So I, I know for sure Jesse Smollett, like well, he, he orchestrated lied. it. Yeah, he he planned all that. OK, so that that's why you can't group those two together. And that's why I think that that narrative cheapens this even more, because, you know, for all we know, Bubba actually does believe that that's a news, like whether or not it was, whether or not. Uh, you know, it was created for racial intent, you know, even if it probably wasn't or whatever. Um, in his mind, he, he could feel like he was targeted or somebody was targeted. So a lot of what I advocate or recommend globally is outcomes based. And so I'm thinking about this more from the branding aspect, because I agree that if we're having a rational conversation between adults, um, egos checked at the door. Jesse and Bubba, these situations are not the same, mm-hmm. but I'm concerned that with the branding and the, the easy alley-oop packaging that this is, I'm already seeing it is my main point. Yeah. And that is all, that's the more destructive thing to me is that so many tweets that would have been directed towards building a bridge, building positivity, uh, even within this race relations situation, like, hey, we got out in March today or look at this cop kneeling or whatever good thing could have come. Mm-hmm. All, so much of that air was sucked out of the room for something that nothing happened. Yeah. Have I, have I thoroughly ticked you off? 
Oh no, I'm not. I just I disagree with some of what you said, but I I agree what with. What do you disagree how, with? Well, just the whole. I mean, I already said like just the whole like I, I don't think this is gonna move anything backwards. I I do think that this took up unneeded airspace and media and stuff like that, but I don't think it's gonna. Well, then are you because the last one that we can mention is Jesse Smollett, which happened a long time ago. And there's been a lot of news stories that have, you know, progressed uh, in between these two instances. I like. I don't know. I I had a a thought there that I just I just lost. But the, the point being that. Yes, it does set things back because there is a huge faction of this country that honestly thinks that reverse racism is a thing that is mm-hmm. occurring more prevalently now that, you know, uh, there there are many silent white people in this country that their bias is being reconfirmed with the second news story in a row to the extent that, you know, a lot of us took this news story seriously. There were mm-hmm. certain people that didn't. But the third time around, what if it what if it's real? I'm saying that I'm looking at this from large scale propaganda machine ammo perspective, Mm -hmm. where this is another thing that will confirm it'll further convict certain people in their biases, biases. And I hate that. That's what I'm saying. I would agree with that. That's so do we agree on that? Yep. That that was the point that I was trying to articulate. Yes, and I do agree that that's harmful. So yeah. But otherwise I agree with the distinctions that you've presented. Yeah. And I love you and uh, I don't want this to be contentious, bro. No, I love you too. <laughs> your dad sends me your mama jokes, so <laughs> we're tight, yeah. buddy. Dad block him on LinkedIn. <laughs> oh, man, <laughs> if I searched that'd be so weird. <laughs> no, I'm just I'm just kidding. And you and I are like, that's one thing that I like about this is that, I mean, we could be talking about something serious or something goofy and still have differences of opinions. And at the end of the day, like we still love each other. And I think that's, I think that's what's really important in this day and age, like that people can converse and have differences of opinions and still walk away loving each other and, and, and learning from each other. So there's no, there's no malice or I, I don't hold anything against you. And honestly, aside from matters of religion, Nine out of 10 conversations that I have with Muslims, Hindus, Christians, Mm -hmm. Buddhists, you know, black people, white people, Republicans, Democrats. I I personally feel like we agree on most of the things that we're talking about. Sure. And that the disagreements are like it. We're focusing on different focal points. Mm -hmm. And that's really the majority of it. I think that's what just happened between the two of us even. Yeah. Um, I, I think that's what happens with most disagreements but people don't wait it out long enough to to come to that conclusion you know they're just like they just feel so attacked or or wronged or that uh, they they don't want to hear the other perspective because they know they're right and so they walk away or they storm off or log off or or whatever instead of trying to gain new insight um that was part of my feelings of silliness was just that i was like oh i got duped like i'm one of those people that you know you feel like in real time, this is something safe to quote tweet. Something good came out mm-hmm. of this. I made a nice comment that it, it stands today. It's still up there. You know, it it it's not taken away by the fact that it wasn't a noose. Um, but I still I, love the fact that they all banded together in support of. I, Bubba, I think it was know? great. I, yeah, and I think that 
a little light needed to be shown into that world too, definitely, probably. Definitely. To get, I mean, I was very, I was so impressed and whether it was true or not, like that does not take away the, like that doesn't take away that quote tweet that you posted, you know, like they still banded together for something that they viewed as wrong at the time. And just to know that they stood up for what they believe happened. I, th- I think that's a wonderful thing. Yeah, I just I, I had feelings of remorse from the impetuousness yeah. perspective just because I was like, man, if I'd waited, sometimes when I want to tweet about something super timely and relevant, mm-hmm. especially anything like this, yeah, um, I'm like, maybe I should wait because you never know what the next day is going to hold. I don't know. Yeah, that's true. Um, anyway. Yeah, man. Well, I'm satisfied on that topic then. <laughs> I hope that things go well and I don't know. Yeah. You and me both will will continue catching up, and who knows, we may have more to report next week. But uh, knowing how this uh, news cycle goes, will probably be something different next week. We sat here last week and said, "Well, we hope to bring you news that the whole Crystalia thing was a hoax, and that oh, yeah. it will blow over." And now we're sitting here like, "Well, you know, download that special quick because it's not going to be available in a week." Like, you yeah. know, yeah. <laughs> I mean. Yeah, maybe next. He's maybe canceled. Maybe next week we'll be back to jokes. Uh, Yale's getting canceled. Is that right? Yeah. What happened to Yale? Uh, well, Yale uh, paid they... off some debts by selling two hundred slaves back in the day. Oof. So yeah. that happened. Uh, you know, real stuff. <laughs> yeah. Um, but I mean, so did sixteen of the first presidents, basically. Yeah. Like, hey, we talked about uh, the defacing and like destroying uh of the statues and everything um and you talked about like oh man i just wish that they like would put new art there or something like you just wanted something there right i said swap out the labels we don't know who they are (laughs) yeah well what about this what if they were taken down but then like put in a museum because then it could still be historical and people could still learn from it and understand what was going on back in the day um i think that would like that thought kind of crossed my mind. I, I feel like that could be impactful and that you're, you're not, you're not just completely erasing history, but you're, you're putting it up there for people to learn. I don't know. Well, did you see the Teddy Roosevelt statue? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So at the American history, uh, at the American museum of history, oh, they heard that too. Um, well, there's a, a statue that they're taking down in front of it. Got it. Uh, it's Teddy Roosevelt on a horse. So they're taking down a U.S. president. Hmm. Um, he is flanked by people of color in a very subservient position. Oh, well, however, it's at a museum. So if it was inside the museum, would it, would be, it be okay? Different? Yeah. You know, the, we still need to learn about Hitler. We need yep. to learn about slavery. Yeah, we you, have to learn in depth. You about, can't have this erasure of history where it's like, uh-uh. oh, everything was always fine. No, like it's disingenuous. Correct. And so I completely agree with that. That's that's why I kind of said like the statue thing, you know, we could still and it's not like really glorifying these people, but it is still to teach a lesson. Well, this um, is at the front door. Of yeah, the I know. So I didn't know that. So that's that's important. I guess there goes my idea. We're getting into semantics, but it's like, do you put it inside the doors yeah. behind a, a velvet cord and put a plaque here saying, hey, these a-holes like, mm-hmm. you know, like, are we going to redo our money? Are we going to yeah. redo every university? Like, should we just kill ourselves? Like, would that help? Like, I, I don't know how far this pendulum goes in the other direction. And honestly, 
I would really love to hear from some of the listeners, especially any uh, people of color that are listening. I really want to know a couple questions. Like, are you really offended in the grand scheme of things by blackface for entertainment? That is a real nagging question on my mind because I have not seen anybody march over blackface. You know, like, well, I don't think that's as like prevalent of an act. So I don't. Well, it's don't, it's it's see... antique crimes. It's like crimes from the seventies and eighties right. and nineties. So or I wouldn't. I would. I can't imagine people like. Are you saying like marching for it back then? At or... any time, I don't think it's. I don't think it's cracked a black person's top ten problems at any point in history. Yeah, is my main point. I and yeah, I think I mean, that... that'd be interesting. Like you know, I'm probably being like. Well, I know that I'm being very defensive. Um, over a group of people in which like I'm not, you know, uh, so it, 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 yeah, it would be interesting to hear like if you guys think I'm even being too defensive or if you think I'm on the money, like that would be, that would be nice to know um, for, for any of you listeners out there. Yeah. And again, let me, let me restate here for the <laughs> appendix. Like I wouldn't do blackface today. Um, you should never say the N word. And nooses are bad. They're hate crimes. You know, when it's a hoax, we, we can have our, our opinions on that or whatever. Don't do hate crimes. Like, we love all people. What I'm advocating for, no, not advocating, what I'm asking is ask somebody that you know that's black, are you offended by blackface? And if so, why? Mm -hmm. And then personalize it. Like, okay, I really want to be this character. I've got a Halloween party. And we're going all out this year. And I want to be this character. And I'm going to change my complexion to be this character. Is that wrong, disrespectful, offensive? And if so, why? Like, I would I would love to hear from the high level, just like globally, and then personalize. Like, you know me. Mm -hmm. You know I don't have a racist bone in my body. Right. What if I wanted to be Tarzan? Like, I don't know. I'm thinking about some kind of generic character that mm -hmm. is kind of not racial at all, but it would be darker than me. How, is that a racist act for me to do that? And I, that's what I'm separating from. Um, I don't think that Kimmel or Fallon should be canceled for those actions back in the day. K Kimmel's other actions about propagating mm -hmm. a, a, a sexist culture or a culture of like, you know, commissioning each other with girls or whatever, yeah. plus the inward thing. That's a different scenario. Yeah, that's a couple marks against you. That that's, that's problematic. Yeah. Um, Again, I draw a distinction between the way that he used the term mm -hmm. and somebody that uh, the man standing over Ahmaud Arbery's body after they'd shot him and mm -hmm. using the word. Those are two totally different use cases. And they are, uh, you could argue that they're both bad, but one is more bad than the other. Yep. Let's all be honest for a second because this whole like, all sins separate you from the creator. All of that's well and good. Mm -hmm. I get that. We should try to eradicate everything. But as long as we're humans, if you punch me, it's going to be different than if you take a two by four to my head six times. Right. And we all have to be real about this. Yeah, I would agree. So what else is going on? <laughs> Did you see uh, Ron Jeremy? Oh, yeah. Poor is in freaking court for literal rape <laughs> like that's when i knew the world was ending i'm like world's most famous adult film star ever like <laughs> what what is going on with the world 
I don't know, man. If I, you're not tuckered out from your day job and you have like, what is going on? Other than him being an infamous, infamous adult star, I don't know anything about him, so I can't speak to his character or like, yeah, I thought he'd do that or like, oh, I'm completely shocked. Like, I know, I know nothing about him. Not only do I not know nothing about him, I've never even seen his work. <laughs> like, yeah. I know that he's an adult film star because he's like, like that guy in pop culture. Well, yeah, and he's even been in. I don't know. He's been like on network television, like mini cameos. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I, I can't speak to him, but it's just like, well, three forcible rape charges yeah, among the four counts. That's disgusting. It's a, uh, you think Michael Bay is going to face like he really trended over this whole Megan Fox thing. And yeah, um, they blackballed her and went on to make three more movies and labeled her difficult to work with. And, um, I mean, I think that rather than singling out uh, Michael Bay, I brought up watching those chick flicks from the 90s uh, a couple shows ago and just how we just need to be real that all of Hollywood has been completely yeah, I mean, immoral to, and crazy You have to look forever. at it through a lens from that time period um, and, and, and do your best. But I'm not, I'm not the gatekeeper to say like, hey, that offense should destroy your reputation today like i can't make that distinction so it would be that would also be nice to hear from people like you think i i I think you have to look more for a pattern rather than like one instance that happened a long time ago um obviously there's gonna be growth and and well not obviously but you would like to see that there was growth and people learning and changing with the times and and more information that they receive. But also, if you were a rapist or pedophile 20 years ago, and that comes out today, you should get punished. So, Agreed. I don't know, man. It's just... What what offense... What if... Yeah, what offense do you get in trouble for today? Which ones do you not? It's a... Yeah, it's interesting. Well, and I, I think one of the things that... I don't even know why this is worth pointing out, but it is a, f- a foundational framework or freedom that we're talking about here in that it is your American right to have bigoted thoughts and feelings. You know, like freedom of speech, freedom of thought. We live in a free society. If sure. you want to be a bigot against somebody, sure. you can do that in your head. Yeah. That, that is... W- this is not about being an American. This is about being in our society. This is about societal things and like mm-hmm. how we should act as a human organism and like tearing down racial and country divides and all of these different things and just human to human. We need to have that understanding. But as an American, you can worship Satan. Mm-hmm. You could worship Hitler. You could do whatever you want. And that's why this whole encroachment on like kneel during the national anthem. I support that not only from the protest perspective, but you can do whatever you want in this country. That's the beautiful thing. There is no compelled speech. There is no compelled behavior. The right. minute you have to stand during the national anthem, we're like Russia or something. Like that's that's a totalitarian dictatorship that we don't want to be. So I in a weird way, I say more power to the people burning the flag right now, stomping on the flag because people died so that you could do that. that that's a symbol of how beautiful this country is and the freedom that we have. Yeah, I agree with that sentiment. And I don't think I could say that better. So 
I, yeah. It's kind of a crazy I, viewpoint. I, I, th- that I think is people simple. I think people that would argue that, which I've heard people say, is that yeah, you have freedom of speech, but you are like there is also uh, you get free speech, but you're not free from consequences. Which maybe I mean maybe that's in my mind that's contradictory, but also at the same time, like yeah, if you say something outlandish to me or you're you're um i don't know like i can see somebody like shouting at someone in the streets maybe giving them a shove and then you know them getting knocked out for 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 their actions you know um that that can happen if you're burning a flag in the street but if you burn a flag on your own private property and you hate that flag or whatever's going on that's your american right it's your prerogative and you know that is that's just something I'm always going to adhere to is like, you can do whatever you want during the national anthem. You can put your fingers in your ears. Like you don't have to know the national anthem. These, some of these patriotism tests are borderline dictatorial in nature. And that's the whole beauty of freedom of speech, freedom of religion, freedom of thought, freedom of expression. You know, your freedom to swing your fist ends at my nose, but when it talks about you're you're not immune to the consequences, yeah, like maybe the country club that you're at doesn't look favorably on that, and you have a hard time making a tea time this mm-hmm. Sunday with your normal foursome. Mm-hmm. That's an example of a consequence from a viewpoint, you know, espoused publicly or in the wrong way that people don't agree with, right? Or uh, whatever context you want to put that in. So, mm-hmm. um. But this whole and that's a huge criticism that I've had of the Trump presidency and something that it's been so wrong to see all these Republicans that are that get behind this like and some of these are new Republicans that are really just more like, you know, America, you know, like they're not classical Republicans, but it's been super frustrating to see them toe this line of like we stand for our national anthem flag over or hand over our heart for the flag. And I'm like, no, actually. I think the more free thing like as a party is do what you want. Mm -hmm. Like I I've never been comfortable with that. And in the context of the NFL private enterprise, baby, you don't get to tell them anything about the way they run their business. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Accurate. And I also think that the NFL has, you know, technically from a business perspective, they have the right to tell their employees how to act when they're on the clock. Um, you know, they don't and that's probably good for this scenario (laughs) but i mean a lot of people have gone back and said if we'd only listened to cap back when he was trying to talk to us you know in a very non-aggressive way right yeah i don't know man yeah that's definitely like a pinpoint in our history where it's like oh well you wanted there to be peace well there was y'all didn't listen are they going to have fans back? At, I saw the MLB just got approved for a 60-game season. Um, I have not read anything on the NFL other than a certain Cowboys player. Yeah, buddy. Yep. Franchise tag. Yeah, Dak Prescott has the went until July 25th now. I don't know the deets. Yeah, I think it's until July 25th to seal a deal. But um, but yeah, he did get franchise tagged. So. Right on. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, something to look forward Just to. Just pay I him guess. the money. Just pay yeah. him the money. Give him what he needs. Give him the five, uh, four years. Give him the four years. Um, I, 
I have concerns about all the things that we're looking forward to attending in the <laughs> short to longer term future. Yeah. Just because, you know, the things things are becoming more dire in terms of the reopenings mixed with the in, uptick in, uh, you know, disease, uh, coronavirus. Yeah. Maybe the maybe the Lord is coming. I mean, Texas is just surging right now. Yeah. Like to the extent that we had to put our masks back on this week, you know, mm. after they did the mandatory, like I have to wear a mask every time I'm outside of the pod now, which is mainly to go to the bathroom. And I'm thinking, well, I want a mask to go into the bathroom anyway. I don't want to be breathing <laughs> in all these poop right. particles. And yeah. CNN the other day was like, it can spread through a toilet seat. How? And I'm like, well, if you're bare cheeking it next to the next guy <laughs> yeah. and he just sweat on it yeah, or something. Yeah. You're sitting in booty sweat. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's what I was going to say. It's <laughs> oh, so nasty. Yeah. My dad always taught me to put toilet paper over oh, I do. each seat. Yeah. I just remember thinking like this man is so methodical <laughs> and just. Yeah. I don't care. His yeah. I, I can't think of a time where I had to go so badly that I didn't put toilet paper down in a public restroom. Yeah. I don't know. Our attendance has been down like feel like things were starting to pick back up and then you know the riots happen and then the uptick in cases and so people have just gotten re-extended mm-hmm. like there's a second wave of the financial aspect of this occurring yep um with layoffs and furloughs and frozen budgets and people that came into my pipeline you know as things were reopening have now been refrozen as like a hmm. second refreezing Dang. Yeah, like I, I've seen multiple aspects of this. What do you got some game show music for us? No, I had a potential video thing, but not gonna work out. <laughs> <laughs> All right, everybody, flip over to your video. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I was trying to get like a news thing and I thought my volume was down, so that's on me. Right on. What else you got to talk about this fine week? 38 episodes dude we got so much feedback from last week's episode yeah Uh, a lot of people thought it was pretty funny um well welcome to episode 39 had to say shout out to i think it's 38 right or is today 38 i think today's 38 oh okay i mean 38th episode yeah um i heard from our old buddy i've mentioned him on the show before austin lunyon uh from swayu oh yeah he was my quarry mate in my first ever Swahoo class on the Dino Dig, he was actually the person responsible for getting my booty out of there and taking me to Deadwood mm. for my first ever casino experience at 18, um, which was amazing. But he hit me up on Facebook this week and said that he'd been listening to the show. Oh, wow. Um, he was really enjoying it. Um, he wanted me to shout out his show. He's got, I got to listen to this. He's got one called. I think it was like a Jew, a rabbi, a Jew, a Catholic, and an atheist walk into a bar. And I think it's a Jew, an atheist, and a Catholic that nice. uh, literally spar over different things. So check that out. Yeah. But that he was great. he was weighing in something that was a very valid point that I'd also thought about with all of these police brutality situations. And I had mentioned that I'd said, why don't we tranquilize people with a dart? Mm-hmm. And he had made the obvious point that, you know, I'd also thought about. Uh, to a certain extent, which is, well, if they're on medication, you could kill them right. like different doses for every different body type. It's mm-hmm. not really practical. Could so somebody, I, yeah. I agree. Could somebody be allergic to like, I don't know, can you be allergic to 
I don't know. Yeah. Well, if you are, then yeah. I don't know. Yep. Whatever. So I agree with the pragmatism of his point, but my sentiment remains like, let's tranquilize people. <laughs> like, yeah. Come up with a better plan, but yeah. like fewer guns. Whatever makes you less trigger happy, you know? More community outreach. Um, you know, what they do in the nice neighborhoods is they introduce themselves at the HOA meeting. Mm-hmm. They go to the neighborhood watch party. They're your neighbor. Right. They're, these police forces should mirror the community. And... Um, but you know what? This is also how we prioritize their pay. It's funny. Like on the one hand, we're saying we should defund all this military equipment that our local police precinct gets. But at, in the same breath, we're like, we need more money for police for actual salaries. Mm-hmm. So it's like maybe we should just look at the budgets of the police, not even just the police budget, but their internal departmental budgets. Sure. More training you know, social work, going out with them. Yeah. Et cetera, et cetera. I can, I can stand behind that. Word. Yeah, man. Do you have a good Father's Day? I did. We um, started off, Courtney came over and we went to lunch with uh, my dad, my stepmom, Shelly. And then Shelly had to go visit uh, my grandfather who lives in Arkansas that I've talked about before. And so for the rest of the day, um, uh, Courtney and I took my dad out to Fort Worth and we went to Steel City Pops because my dad uh, really likes popsicles and uh, we all got some of that on that hot day. And uh, then we went um, to American Gardens where they have ping pong and I played my dad in ping pong a couple of times, show, show him what was what. <laughs> and uh, so that was fun. And, uh, then we took him to my favorite taco truck. Um, and that's where I've been going for several years. It's also where I took Courtney on our first date and, uh, kind of just showed my dad, you know, the places that I hang out in Fort Worth. And so that was a lot of fun and he seemed to really enjoy his time. So, um, yeah, it was a, it was an awesome day. So right on. Yeah. How about you? Uh, just went over to India palace, Mm -hmm. which is a staple for, my mom and dad, they love that place, and I do too. So, mm-hmm. And it's like pretty equidistant between us, I feel like. Maybe nice. even more heavily weighted in my favor. But we went over and had a couple-hour lunch over there and really just kicked it. It was kind of rainy that day, and mm-hmm. um, I was just tired having you know kind of an off day before I go back to work. And yeah. it's the end of the quarter here. and But we had a great time together. Um, that was kind of it. Yeah. So sounds like a shout out day. to all the dads and for sure. Meredith had a good birthday. She went down to Atlanta, visit some friends. Nice. Did you get that eye cream that she told us about? I ordered it. Yeah. Did it come in? No. What's taking it so long? I or I don't know. I, don't I, know. I primed it and had it like the same day. I finally uh, bought maybe it. Maybe it has come in. I haven't there. I don't know. I haven't checked. We'll check because has it? Oh man, yeah. it will heal you <laughs> up. Like I, I sat on the fence about it. My sister texted. She has a a text thread with both yeah. of us for like all of her show reactions, essentially. <laughs> right. And she had texted us about. I'd asked for eye cream because uh-huh, I had ordered it, looking like an eighty five year old man. And Brad immediately replied and was like, "I, I got it." Yep. And I, I sat on it for like a week or two with it in the cart because it was twenty nine dollars for this tiny little mm-hmm. tube. And I'm a cheap guy in many respects and when i'm a dude like i don't yeah i get like suave shampoo for like a dollar fifty yeah three and one <laughs> it's like it's, it's toothpaste too yeah. <laughs> that was good 
So I'm I'm just finally I ante up and buy it and I finally call her and I was like, This stuff is just working and it's so expensive. And she was like, Oh, that's nothing. Like I have she was describing her products to me and I'm like, I forget Dang, how expensive it is to be a maintained woman in this yeah. country. Um, Shout out women. But man, I went from looking like the crypt keeper to Channing Tatum, baby. <laughs> Like yeah. it, it, it heals uh, you up overnight. Dude. I'm going to chill. The, I'm going to check the mail when I get home. My dad has the mail key. And so I don't check uh, daily because our mailbox is like connected and it's like we live off of a dirt path. So then I have to walk up the path and I, I got to get the key for my dad to check the mail. So right on. Well, yeah, so that was a good, good weekend and been on that new eye cream regimen. Shout yeah, out. Meredith. Yeah. My mom actually bought it this weekend because pretty much the first thing I said to her was, what do you think about my eyes? Nice. Because as a good Southern white family, we routinely share cosmetology tips. Sure. You know, tips for that bad white skin or bad thin hair or whatever mm -hmm. malady we have. Uh, at extended family Christmas, all the women get together and talk about collagen and plastic surgery. <laughs> there you go. <laughs> Guys are in the driveway like, look at my new car. Like, yeah. It's very stereotypical. Right. Yeah. But I'm becoming oh, that person. Good. That's good. But yeah, just been back at work. It's dude. It's like the last full week of the quarter. It's do or die mm. from a sales perspective, and yeah. So shaking the tree and seeing how this Tetris mm -hmm. kind of falls into place, and still excited about the new product and launching all these new resources. And yeah, that's exciting. It's been kind of fun. So yeah. really, just looking to get out of town. I've got the bachelor parties coming up. Uh, in August and September, mm -hmm. um, I've talked to a couple of friends about co-working, going somewhere, getting an Airbnb. What are you doing for the fourth? Uh, I don't know, man. We had plans to potentially go to Austin. I think those may have fallen through. So I don't know, man. Just going to try to hang out with either family, friends, and, and try to watch some fireworks. Well, keep me in the loop. We'll, we'll right. have to see who's offering fireworks because yeah. my my parents are going up to see my sister. Yeah, I guess that's true. They probably they probably don't want to like a huge public. Some of them have already canceled. Okay, um, I didn't even. Wow, well, I didn't. They wanted to go that. watch the fireworks on the National Mall when they went to go. They're going to go see my sister's new place, mm -hmm. and I was I would love to go, but I just don't think I'm going to make it work for that one. Sure. Or I think that they only have the day bed left over, and yeah, you'll have to, you'll have to keep me updated as well. Um, yeah, if, if, so I'm just alone. If the Dallas crew is doing anything, because I, I don't, I don't know if we'll have plans. But next weekend, uh, Courtney's parents, uh, we're, I'm gonna Courtney, me, Courtney, her parents are gonna go up to Waco and meet up with my mom and her husband Brian, my stepdad, and uh, they're gonna meet for the first time. So that's exciting. Uh, just getting go. the meeting of the the families here, the meeting of oh, the tribes. Yep, yeah, yeah. That's how you know it's real. So, <laughs> just wanted to uh... no. How we know how it's real is you becoming so much more vocal about six episodes ago. I, well, <laughs> I'm not sure what the turning point was quite, but I think in my head I'm just like I don't want to like gloat or anything about my relationship, but also like I'm dating a pretty awesome girl, so hey. maybe maybe I should gloat a little bit. Shout it from the mountaintop, if you please. Yeah, but. Yeah, so uh, excited for that to happen, and other than that, I'm just going to be working on my working on my classes. Yeah, sorry that I feel like we just again discussed race and all this frustrating yeah. stuff. And, it's a, it's important stuff, and but it's topical. At the same time, like I feel like we're all in this bubble where you can kind of go where you want, but also don't mm -hmm. like 
Governor Abbott has reopened business to phase three. And then mm-hmm. yesterday says the safest place for you is at home. Yeah. And like people are calling on him to resign. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I think even though you and I like joke around and we talk about so many different things like religion or I think this podcast has been like a good timeline, like since since episode one of what has been going on in the world. And I, I feel like we wouldn't be genuine if, if we didn't talk about those things. Um, and so, yeah, a lot of it is heavy handed. People may not tune in to us for answers on how to solve these problems, or they, they may, they might rather us be joking around the whole time. And dude, I would love to joke around the whole episode too, but you know, I also feel a certain obligation to come with what's going on in the world and and discuss our opinion on it. So, well, and the value that I hope that I know that we're shedding on each other mm-hmm. and hopefully on listeners is not ever proclaiming to be presenting answers, but yeah. here are additional viewpoints. If you care to use them or incorporate them into the other viewpoints that you yeah. deem as rational or, in your life or teach us that. Yeah. Well, yeah, that's, <laughs> that's what I'm that starting. Would be ideal. We're starting to hit that crest. Finally, where you remember back in like episodes 10 through 20, we're like, Hey, you guys yeah, can talk to us up. too. Like, I'm getting more calls, more texts, mm-hmm. more Facebook messages, more oh, yeah, emails on a weekly basis now. So where people are, some pe- some of these people are just actively weighing into the conversation. Yeah. Like we'll get a text from them every week. I love that. You know, I also love the people that just reach out once in a blue moon, or the people that surprise us with a mm-hmm. listen. Or, but over the last couple of weeks, honestly, because of your music incorporation and your social media stuff with yeah. all the photos and the Instagram reel, like. All of that really bringing everything together, I think, is it, it's giving us an opportunity for new listeners, and it's really helped open the dialogue with the existing listeners that we may not have been privy to. Yeah. And to all you tots out there that are like reaching out and all of that, like it really makes everything worth it. Yeah, that is invaluable. Like you can't put a price on it. You know, like it takes it from a side project to, mm-hmm. oh yeah, this is a part of my life. This is why I'm doing this. This is like communication network that i'm building with people that are are valuable and like i treasure that human connection and that sentiment holds true whether or not like they you agree like the listener agrees with my perspective or your perspective like like i don't want to just hear from people who think like me you know like i I think you and i are both are always trying to grow and um so oh, yeah, yeah, love the feedback. This this re- outreach is not congratulatory ninety nine percent of the time. People yeah. often it's my mother like freaking out on me, like, yeah. hey, well, why'd you say that, you idiot? <laughs> or people, the, the you're a gay story last week. I oh, they love that. People man. They that cracked up. up over that. But I've also had people that are like, hey, you're wrong about that police thing mm-hmm. or whatever happened over. And I'm like, whether or not we agree or it's even a. a uh, a good convert like p- day is already made just yep. by your outreach your acknowledgement of your listening to the show and wanting to converse back because hey I, you know i want to have conversations with all these people and Definitely. as you get older we get more siloed we start to build our own tribes our own mm-hmm. families people that think like us and like, act like i don't us. have a single single male friend anymore you know mm-hmm. like I've, I've really been piecing that together this year that i'm marrying off all my old you know you know, last best friends that are left, you know what I mean? And it's just interesting to see as people fan out in the city, you know, they go by their starter home, 
they marry that girl, they have that child, they get that promotion. Mm -hmm. You go from seeing each other 24 times a year to twice a year. If that, and, um, I don't, I'm not ready to lose all that. Like even, you know, relationship status or any of that aside where I live or Mm -hmm. whether you have kids, like I want to keep these conversations going. So to get outreach from like an Austin Lunyon who I've, you know, I, I've, I saw him a couple years ago, probably at a funeral or something like that Mm -hmm. and, uh, exchange pleasantries have not been in contact hardly whatsoever. How great is that? And we were able to pick up not only obviously we knew who each other were, we had a shared history, but we just had a conversation about the day yeah, about modern times, which wouldn't be possible without this format. Sure. I mean, the musical artist that I've, I've been pushing, you know, like Garrett Owen, I hadn't talked with him in maybe two, three years. Um, and yeah, it's just been connecting with me with more people as well. So Shelly, Shelly called me in a drive by the other day and she said, I just heard that you cooked your first meal in years over your stove yeah. she gave me like quick hack tips like go to whole foods go to this section get this mm-hmm. pre-packaged pre-seasoned and i was like sweet like instant yeah. value add to my life information i might not have had mm-hmm. simply because we get together and do this and people listen love it so speaking of summer concert series what you got this week are you coming in hard in the paint for the fourth consecutive week um so i have a final song for our final wednesday <laughs> in june <laughs> The to, final to cap off the weekly catch up summer session summer session and um so we're, we're you ready to end the episode kind of kind of all right if you have more to discuss well, i'm more than happy but. no so i'm just gonna say um this is a three-peat for david the psalmist oh yes yeah, and it is featuring humble brad what i am on this song oh yes yeah man he came through dude i i was like today you recorded this song today yes what yeah he got he got in his verse at four o'clock and i had to listen to it and then put in my verse um so i had been writing it uh for the past two three days and um i had to wait for him to send his in so i could put mine in after so yeah oh my goodness so you're debuting a brand new track created this week by you and David the Psalmist. That is correct. Oh, snap. Yeah, man. So I, I am so I'm, I'm more excited about this than any of them, just so you know, because you're on it. And also, I'm I, pretty I, partial to David's music. Yeah, I mean, he's wonderful. Obviously, he's going to be the best person on the track. But I think you, I think you'll enjoy what I have to say. So <laughs> All um, right, well, what have we learned from this episode, Brad? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, be be considerate and careful, even in songs. Certainly, certainly. <laughs> You know, I, yeah. So you're going to drop, should we start calling you machine gun Brad or something? <laughs> no, no. I think, you know, the last time that I did a rap was also with David and that was uh, a little over a year ago. So may, may, I might come out of the, I might come out of the cave one, once a year for David, you know, bro, but like, he, re- he really did this favor for me. I had texted him like a day after our podcast last week and I was like, Hey man, I'm, I'm really wanting to end this with a bang. Like, I think it would be great to have you back, but I also like would like to jump on with you. So he's like, great. Did you have a beat in mind? So I found one. I sent it to him. Oh my gosh. Oh yeah. So up until this point, it was the two of us white guys, like pasty <laughs> white guys doing our podcast. Uh-huh. You know, here's the news. And now I'm the only like really white guy left <laughs> in this show. And it makes me sad. No, no, no. I'm not cool. Of course you are. I remember like 
10 episodes ago, you saying like, oh, wow. So you're like up on the culture. And I was like, what the, <laughs> what does that mean? Like, what kind of Chet, Joe, Chad, Thad do you think I am? Oh, <laughs> so yeah. mad. Don't let this vest fool you, bro. <laughs> oh, that's great. Yeah, no, um, I'm, I'm super excited. And David, I want to thank you again, man. Like, Shout out, it, David. Um, you you came through on our intro. You've been you've been a musical guest. We've been able to debut one of your songs, and uh, this is the uh, so me and David and Courtney. I sent her the song right before I walked in uh, in here. Um, there's only been three people that have heard it, so this is the like a debut. Truly man. dropping this new fire. Real, yeah. Any any notes about? how we should enter the song in terms of mood or uh, like, just having fun man cool just having fun i, I, I kind of wanted to flex i kind of wanted to flex you know uh, <laughs> oh my goodness what world am i living in <laughs> just, just a little flexing. bit just a little i mean whenever i get on the track with david you know i i have to i have to oh my goodness, i have to okay. spit bro let's get out of here i uh, we gotta go tots because i want to listen to this <laughs> all right man so uh we'll catch you guys up next hey, week hey shout out to b-rad on the summer curation oh well of the summer sessions this i, I hope you all have enjoyed it i tried to get in different genres and everything um would love to do this again you know maybe we'll have like a winter session as well i i, I do need a little break from from finding musical guests um but this has been like the highlight one of the major highlights for me doing this podcast was bring, being able to bring music to people and, and being able to shine light on people that I view as like crazy talented. Well, I want you to know, and I also want David to know that the so like his song, his intro song and all of that um, was the first major inflection point yeah. of this show. For sure. I actually listened. I, I randomly went back to Dude, listen. I to sent it to you like on New Year's Eve, I believe. It was like episode ten or eleven that it yeah. debuted, and I just remember thinking, I know the inflection points. One of them was that. The other one was the new artwork that you got. Mm -hmm. the The next one was like incorporating guests, guests and snippets, yeah. and then it was the social media upgrades. Mm -hmm. And then this summer concert series has really legitimized so many aspects of this to me and. Mm -hmm. Uh, shout out to um, Col Colton. Colton Venner. He listened to last week's episode. Yes, yes, yes. And that's like yeah. so cool. Like new user acquisition <laughs> due to Mr. B-Rad. So yeah. I can't shout you out enough. Oh, well, I And I'm anxious it. to hear you spit hot fire, son. All right, man. We'll catch y'all up next week. Here comes Mr. B-Rad and David Mwansa. Yes. Yeah. Respect to Carson and Brad one time. It's my third time around. Third time's a charm. I'ma let it ride. Time is of the essence, so I chase my dreams pronto. Always had drive like I'm OJ in a Bronco. Second chances happen every morning like Alonzo. Low days and high notes like ten and soprano. Speaking of Sopranos, I flow like Tony Just to rap like this, I live my whole life lonely This light of mine shine bright like a gold ice roly That's why I thank God for grace, cause I'm God like holy I might get Nike on the phone and tell him check up with me I might just call up Humble Brad and tell him catch up with me And if I stand on my beliefs, then you should step up with me If it's 7-7, seven, 
7-7, throw yeah. your reps up with me, let's I go. got the psalmist on the intro, now he's on the outro Time only marches forward, some of y'all living in the past though Y'all know that I'm a teacher, so I'll provide some lessons And now, welcome to the weekly catch-up summer session Every week our views are higher, we're steady rising up the building How could you doubt fire, rest in peace to Robin Williams Summertime vibes chilling in my Patagonia you go against the squad, then we gonna own ya Sometimes we talk about the good, other times discuss the tension But we always love to see our fans and all our Twitter mentions I mean it when I say we appreciate the listens Cause tell me, what's a Joe Rogan to a Carson Gibbons? I mean, I do my best to always stay humble But let's be honest, they ain't ever gonna hear you if you mumble Whether we're talking philosophical or just some random chatter I checked, we're still better than all of these podcasters My bars are just in context and ooh, they looking dapper I'm just living in the future, I don't know what happens after moving to the next chapter, I will enter coliseums. We'll stop to all my enemies, enter mausoleums. I'm seizing all the days, and I will carpe every diem. And when they're looking at me, they're like, Man, I wanna be him. I got a girl who I love, and she always supports me. So if you're looking for me, probably chilling with Courtney, or I'm back in the studio recording with Carson. With episodes of fire, they might just charge us with arson. If we ever have enough, and this podcast ever dies, we'll still be catching up for the rest of our lives. Class dismissed. Thank you for listening to the weekly catch-up summer sessions. I hope you enjoyed all of these songs as much as I enjoyed playing them for you. Shout out to artists Gary Edwards, Garrett Owen, Colton Venner, and David the Psalmist. And to the listeners, peace and love from yours truly. Stay caught up.